Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We are in a sermon series called Off the Bench. Uh, uh, The title Off the Bench is referring to the thought of being called into action. It's the idea of spiritually engaging into Christian service. How do I get into the game? How do you put your name in here? How does Tom make a difference in the lives of people? How does Tom do what God is calling him to do to, ch- to change people's lives? We know that we don't change people's lives. We know that God does, but God uses people. So how do I get into the game? Before I get into my message, I want to refer to a card that's in our program. If you everybody take your program, did you get a program today? Show me, wave me these cards. It should be in your program. Wave them at me, show me them, not the program, but the actual card. It's a muscle man, they got a silhouette of me on there. You see it in the front right there, yeah. And your photo goes there. So these are player cards. If you're here at the church at South Coast Christian, you're one of, our, one of the players at the church. And this is just an idea for how you can get plugged into the church and serve and make a difference in this church in, at South Coast Christian, but also into the community. And you'll look on the back side of that card, it says, get involved. And there's an experience team. It talks about greeting, coffee, usher, security, kids ministry, nursery, preschool, elementary, youth ministries, media, worship. Maybe during this series of messages off the bench, all of a sudden God starts to knock on your heart. You know what? I've been sitting on the bench too long. God's calling me to get into the game. And maybe you want to get in the game. This is just an opportunity. And let me tell you something. You're not limited to this card. You can get into the game at your workplace, at home, wherever it might be. This is just areas of South Coast Christian. But we want you to make a difference. Our, our vision statement for this church is creating environments to see what God can do through you. We're trying to create an atmosphere, an environment, where God can use you in greater ways than ever before. Amen? How many are excited about that? Okay, just making sure. Um, I want to... Um, during this series... Um, we've been studying the life of Joseph. Joseph's life is a story of redemption and represents God's faithfulness through all situations. It's a story of how God can use every part of your life, good and bad, and can use it for his glory if you allow him to work through you. The first week we discussed about the idea of getting to the bench. How do I just get onto the team? We talked about that. Last week we discussed what do I do when I'm on the bench? What do I do when I'm sitting on the bench waiting to get into the game? And let me share something with you. We were talking about the life of Joseph here. And last week I really had a word for everybody here today. And I want to share that word before we start into this next message. When you're sitting on the bench, when you feel like troubles are coming your way, when you feel like the difficulties are overwhelming you, I want to remind you of something, that the Lord is with you. He is with you. He has not abandoned you. If you're a follower of Christ, he is with you. Four different times in Genesis chapter 39, the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph when he was in prison. The Lord was with Joseph when he was a slave at Potiphar's house. The Lord was with Joseph. And it is the Lord that fights your battles. So, I just feel like I need to share this again because I, every, every week sometimes I have a different audience. I just want to remind us, 
Don't let the distractions and the difficulties of this world get you to wallow in, in just the difficulties. And sometimes what we forget is that we actually end up wallowing in God's presence. How does that happen, Pastor Tom? Because if you are a follower of Christ, his presence lives within you. And what God is calling you to do, instead of wallowing in his presence, he wants you to stand up. We need people who are willing to stand up. Stand up. What was the word that was in the dangerous? Today when we're in prayer time, a word came out and it says we need to be dangerous for Christ. Meaning this, that we're not fearful, but we walk in faith and we believe that God can do the miraculous. Today we're going to focus on getting off the bench and into the game. A quick highlight of our story so far about Joseph is Joseph is one of 12 brothers. He's the second youngest, but really in the, in the story, he's the youngest because Benjamin is still not on the scene. Joseph was favored by his, by, uh, by his father, Jacob. All the other brothers were jealous of Joseph because Jacob loved Joseph more than all the rest. He gave him a beautiful coat. We talked about that story. And the jealousy became so great that all of a sudden, Joseph's brothers decided they wanted to kill him. But instead of killing him, all of a sudden they saw a bunch of traders, Midianites, that were heading down to Egypt. So they decided to tell, sell Joseph to these Midianites that were going to Egypt. They basically sold their brother into slavery. Has anybody, has anybody had that happen? Yeah, hopefully not today. Joseph's brothers made it appear to Jacob that he was actually killed by wild animals, but in reality he was in slavery. Joseph became a servant in Potiphar's house, and everything that Joseph did, it says according to Scripture, it was blessed by God. But one day, in the blessings of God, when in Potiphar's house, even as a servant, he was being faithful to God, and one day Potiphar's wife, who had eyes for Joseph, because it says in the Bible that Joseph was a young and handsome man. He must have looked something like that picture. And Potiphar was try, Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce Joseph. And one day, all of a sudden, Joseph finds himself in the house alone with Potiphar's wife. And she grabs a hold of him, hold of him and says, come sleep with me. Joseph stood strong, standing in the presence of God, stood strong and said no and fled out of the house. The problem was his coat was left behind, his garment, his coat. She had that coat and then all of a sudden she started to to tell all of her other servants that Joseph had tried to rape her. And when the boss, Potiphar, her husband, came home and heard the story, guess what? He had Joseph sent into prison. This is where we stopped last week in the account of Joseph's life. Let me briefly share what happens next while Joseph was in prison. This is found in Genesis chapter 40. And I'm going to have you read it for yourself sometime today or sometime this week. But let me give you a little bit of a highlight. Pharaoh had become offended with two different people that were servants in his court. One was a cupbearer and one was a baker. If you've read the story, you know the story. If you haven't heard the story before, a cupbearer is someone who tastes the wine or tastes or drinks the stuff before the king does. So if it's poisonous, he dies first. Great job to have. Anyhow, he was the cupbearer and the baker. Well, they both had offended Pharaoh in some way. So Pharaoh sent both of these men into prison. Well, while they're in prison, because Joseph had found favor with, the, with the, uh, the, the prison guard, while they're in prison, Joseph is set to be the overseer of these two men. He was put in charge of them. 
Well, both the cupbearer and the baker had dreams. And those dreams disturbed them both. And pretty soon they share their dreams with Joseph. And Joseph interprets, God gives Joseph the ability to interpret these two dreams. I'm not going to go through the highlight of the dreams. But when he all of a sudden gets to the cupbearer, he interprets the dreams and he tells him, guess what? Because they've been in prison for quite some time. He said, guess what? In three days, you are going to be released from prison. And you are going to be restored to the position that you used to have as cupbearer. Man, he was excited. He was thinking, that was great. And then all of a sudden, Joseph shares with the cupbearer, because I have done this for you, guess what? I just, just request, when you get out of prison, remember me. When you see Pharaoh, tell him about my plight. Tell him about my circumstances. Maybe he will hear you and let me out of prison. So then, next story is that the baker also had a dream. So when Joseph hears that dream, God gives him the interpretation of that dream, but it was very, very different from the cupbearer. The baker had a dream that basically Joseph said, in three days, you're going to be released out of prison. You're going to be lifted high and impaled on a pole. And the birds are going to eat your flesh. In Scripture, read your Bible. That was the rated R section of the Bible right there. The birds are going to actually eat your flesh. Everything happened according to Joseph's interpretation. But the cupbearer, who was released from prison, remember what I told you, he was supposed to say a good word to Pharaoh. Well, guess what? He completely forgot about Joseph and Joseph's request and never made mention, never mentioned his name to Pharaoh. Now we're going to pick up the story for today in Genesis chapter 41, starting in verse 1. If you have your Bibles here today, I encourage you to open up. Your Bibles, follow along with me, will be in the chapter 41 for the rest of our message today. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of, an, of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the water and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile. But these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows ate the seven healthy, fat cows. At this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. The next three verses, now the next three verses talk about another dream, and it basically just supports this first dream, so we're going to skip down to verse 8. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams, so he called for them, all the magicians and all the wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them in his dreams, or when Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell them Tell him what they meant. Finally, the king, chief cups bearer, spoke up. Today, I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with, with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. Skipping down to verse 14. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that you, when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph replies, it is beyond my power to do this. But God can tell you what it means. 
and set you at ease. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. God, I pray that it will come alive and it will be effective in our hearts. I speak against any distractions that might try to take place in this room right now. But God, I pray that your word will penetrate us and change us in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said? So Pharaoh describes his dreams to Joseph, and Joseph interprets the dreams. And God gave Pharaoh the dreams so that Egypt would be aware that there was a great famine that was coming into the land. And because of Joseph's ability to interpret the dreams, Pharaoh promoted Joseph to second in command of all of Egypt. He was only under Pharaoh himself. In fact, when Joseph came into the city, when he would ride, people would bow down. Because, now this was a guy that was in prison. This was the guy who was a servant in Potiphar's house. And now all of a sudden, God has raised him up into second of command of all of Egypt. Pharaoh recognized Joseph's intelligence and his wisdom. Everything Joseph stated made sense to Pharaoh. Joseph's dream when he was 17 years old, remember that's his 13 years now before because now Joseph, if you read scripture, he's 30 years old when he comes into Pharaoh's court. 13 years before, when he was 17 years old, he had the dream that God had given him, that all of a sudden his brothers were going to bow down, his family was going to bow down, and he was going to be risen up as a king. And he had that dream, and now that dream is coming to fruition. So my question for us today is, what can we learn from Joseph's life? How can I get off the bench and into the game? We know Joseph was called by God for something great. And I believe, believe, I believe in my whole heart that each and every one of us are called by God to do something great. It might not be in the same magnitude of Joseph, but that's not the point. Your responsibility, each and every one of us, our responsibility is to accomplish what God has set before us. Well, our responsibility is not to be a Joseph. Your responsibility is to be a Tom, is to be a Brian, is to be a Tim, is to be a Nancy. You're responsible to do what God is calling you to do. No more, no less. We know that Joseph was called to something great. I want to share three truths, three thoughts about Joseph's life that I hope will help you accomplish your God-given dreams. And let me just make a side note here. Just felt this in my spirit, just share this with you right now. If you haven't had any dreams, if you've stopped dreaming, maybe it's time to start reading God's word again. If you've stopped dreaming, maybe it's time to start praying again. If you stop dreaming, maybe it's time to fast and pray. Because guess what? I believe God has dreams for us. I don't care what age you are. I believe God continues to put dreams in our life because he is a visionary God. And he gives us visions and dreams and desires to accomplish his will and his purpose. If you stop dreaming, man, dig into God's word. Watch what will happen. Three truths that I want to share with you today about Joseph's life. The first thought is this, preparation. A good coach is not going to put a player into the game until they're ready. The coach is waiting to see your knowledge and skills at the level that you're going to be effective. I read a story one time about a group of tourists that were visiting a beautiful and quaint village. One of the travelers came up to an old man who was sitting on the bench, and he was kind of a sarcastic traveler. And he, he made this comment to this, to this man that was sitting on the bench. He says, any great men come out of this village? And the old man looked at him, no, only, only, only babies are born from this village. No, no great men were born from this village. 
It's a funny story, but it's a great reminder that greatness or leadership is developed. It doesn't just happen. A great man is not just born somewhere. Guess what? He's born as a baby and something takes place in his life. There's preparation time. To be successful, there are certain preparations that need to take place in our lives. That preparation time is different for all of us. For Joseph, it was 13 years. For you, it might be 20 years. For you, it might be one year. It might be 40 years, 50 years. There is no timetable for God. He's just preparing you. For Joseph, his preparation time was at the age of 30. What was happening during those 13 years? God was preparing Joseph. He was building character into Joseph's life so that he would be ready for the responsibility that lied ahead. God is a great coach. Catch this. God is a great coach if you're willing to listen. Catch this thought. God used the jealousy of Joseph's brothers, the servant role of Potiphar's house, and the confinement of the palace prison to complete Joseph's training. Think about that for just a moment. A prison, Potiphar's house, hated by his brothers, God used each and every one of those circumstances to prepare Joseph for his future. God sometimes uses unconventional methods to build character into our lives. We just need to embrace the journey and trust in God's plan. I'm going to say that again. We need to embrace the journey and trust in God's plan. You might think that you're going through difficulty. You think, why me, Lord, why? And I need you to stand up in his presence and say, hey, God, you must have put me here for a reason. Guess what? It must be working character into my life. Man, God, you must have a great plan for my life. You must have something for my future. I, I just need to stand in your presence. I'm getting so excited. I just need to stand in your presence. And put my trust in you and watch what God will do. Did you know God used a donkey in the Bible to speak to a prophet? (laughs) God uses unconditional methods to get his way. Balaam was a prophet in the Old Testament who lacked character. He heard true prophecies from God. But he was considered to be a wicked prophet because he allowed his personal agenda and greed to get in the way of obeying God's call. God went so far in using a donkey, a donkey who actually spoke to him. If you don't believe the story, read it in your Bible. This donkey spoke to Balaam the prophet. God needed to grab his attention because he was going the wrong direction. How many of you have ever had donkeys in your life? I've had some donkeys in my life, I'll tell you right now. God has put some donkeys in my life to remind me, hey, Tom, you're going the wrong direction. You need to head this direction. But let me encourage you today. As you're getting off the bench and into the game, hold on to your dream. Don't let anyone steal your dream. Don't let anyone take your dream. Joseph held on to the dream that God gave this, gave this young man. He did not abandon the dream. Part of the preparation is learning how to be steadfast into God's promises. I see so many people who are following after God, and they get a promise for God. 
And all of a sudden, they can't stand in his presence. They can't stand on that promise. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, that promise starts to fade away into the background. You see, Joseph held on to his dream for 13 years. Through the most difficult of times, he did not let go of the dream. When he was put into prison, he stood up. When he was at Potiphar's house, he stood up. When he was thrown in the pit by his brothers, he stood up in the presence of God. He never let go of his dream. There will be people that will try to steal your dream from you. They'll try to come into your life, and they maybe have great intentions. But if you listen, guess what? You're going to allow your dream to be stolen out of your life, and God does not want that to happen. You need to stand up in his presence. You need to put trust in God. He has a plan for your life. It's a plan to prosper you and to show you a future for each and every one of us because we have his presence in us. Don't let someone steal your dream. By the way, you were never called to be a dream taker. If you're taking dreams, God forgive you. You're called to support the dream giver. When God gives the dream, you're there to support that dream and do everything possible to help that person accomplish the dream that God has for that person's life. Because when you help someone else accomplish their dream, guess what? God helps you to accomplish your dream. It's standing in faith. It's putting trust in God. It's the believing for the impossible. We are in a church, and if you don't know that, I know it in faith. We are in a church that believes that God can do impossible things. How do you accomplish holding on to the dream? It's by walking in humility and love, desiring the best for others. That's the environment I want here for our church. A place where God-given dreams will flourish and be encouraged. And I see dreams, and you guys might not get to see them. As a pastor, I get to see them. I see dreams that are encouraged, and they're starting to flourish. A place where hopelessness turns into hope. A place where impossibilities become possible. Some of the most important life lessons that will ever come, that ever come to our life is through difficult times. That is where character is built. It's the growing of discipline, the learning of humility, and the developing of right attitudes. You need that foundation of character in your life. Otherwise, your accomplishments will one day fade away. I've seen it happen over and over again. I'm going to share it for just a moment. If you don't understand this, if you don't have the character, if you don't understand what God's trying to do in through your life, all the things that you're thinking you're accomplishing, one day when you look back on it, you'll see them fade away. They're not, they, were, they weren't there because you've done them for the wrong reason. People go through life thinking they're helping others. And then later they discover their choices have been a stumbling block for others. Look back at Joseph. Joseph never let loose of his dream. Yet at the same time, Joseph became a catalyst for other dreams. Now I know it didn't turn out well for the baker. I get that. But that's where character needs to be. Joseph became a catalyst for other people's dreams. And then all of a sudden God started to bring his dream to fruition. Preparation strengthens us for the future of success. Don't underestimate the importance of the journey. Joseph's journey was preparing him for the future. You are on a journey. If you're on a journey here today, because this audience seems a little dead to me right now, because I just want to make sure there's life in you. If you are on a journey today, raise your hand real high with me. 
Come on. We're all on a journey somewhere. You might be on a journey to lunch after this, to wherever you might be going. You might be going to a journey to home to rest after this. You're all, we're all on a journey. But my question to you, are you on God's journey or are you on your own journey? God wants you to stand up and be on the journey with him. Second thought I want to share with you from Joseph's story regarding moving from off the bench is this, opportunity. Opportunity comes when the coach recognizes that you are ready. God knows when you are ready for the next opportunity in your life. God is the one who gives opportunity. Opportunity, now opportunity doesn't mean that you might not fail. So many times we think that, man, if we have an opportunity, you step into it and you think that there's no possibility of failure. But it means that, here's what opportunity means. It means that you're ready to get into the game. When you're a player, it doesn't mean that just because you get into the game that you're going to win the game. Now, you're going to play to win. You're going to put all your effort out there. But opportunity, just the coach recognizes when he gives you opportunity, he says, that person's ready to get into the game. God is waiting for you to get ready so he can put you into the game. Let me remind you of something. Someone who has never failed will never truly appreciate the satisfaction of success. Someone who has never failed will never appreciate when success comes their way. Sometimes failure is one of the best things in our life because it humbles us to the place when success comes. Guess what? We're not prideful. Look at me. Look what all I've done. No, no, no. Guess what God has done in my life? Guess what God has done through me? I am nothing except through Christ. Man, the Apostle Paul's words ring through my life right now, my thinking. As Paul shared it, he recognized he was nothing except through Christ. And yet God accomplished so much through his life because he was willing to humble himself before God. Failure is just an opening for a new opportunity. Remember, opportunity is not equal to success. Opportunity opens the door to success. It just opens the door. Your preparation, your prayer, your faith is what's going to make you successful. It's God. Look at the opportunity as God's favored for you to apply your knowledge and understanding to a situation. Joseph had been given many opportunities. Each opportunity was leading him to the fulfillment of a God-given dream. Thirteen years before he was given the God-given dream, and then through 13 years, Joseph received opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And when he got those opportunities, guess what Joseph did? He remained faithful, and he stood in the midst of the opportunity, and he was ready to get into the game. You see, sometimes what happens in our life, I'm speaking to somebody, I'm not sure if everybody's listening right now. Sometimes what happens in our life, we see an opportunity, oh, and that's beneath me. Oh, no, 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 I don't do that. That's not, what, what did you say, Pat? You want me to greet? No, 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 you don't understand. Have you heard my voice? What, what, what? Oh, God, what, 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 what? You want me to, you, no, no, God, God, you, you realize that, man, I was, the, I was the president of a CEO company, and you're asking me to do what? You know, let's talk about cleaning the toilets there. I like that thought right there. Do you know that more pastors, let me share something with you. More pastors are janitors before they ever become a pastor. 
I have more anointed pastors out there, friends of mine, that they were the janitors in the church before they ever became a pastor of the church. Why is that? Because I believe that God needs to show us humility in the way that we walk before we can handle anything else before that. God uses us in great ways. But so many times what happens is we try to sidestep the opportunities that God has put before us. And when we sidestep opportunities, guess what takes place? A new opportunity comes that's no greater than the opportunity before. Because God is just waiting for you to get the preparation done so he can get you into the game. We want to skip the steps and get the prize now. That's our culture. But life is a series of opportunities that will eventually lead us to fulfill the dream that God has given to us for our life. But we must learn to embrace the journey and take advantage of those opportunities that God gives. David wrote in Psalms 84. He says in 84 verse 10, catch this thought. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Next time a pastor says, hey, can you help me clean the church? I would jump on board. I'd say, yeah, pastor, I'll be there. Because guess what? It's better to be cleaning a church and be in the house, of the presence of God right there than to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and not recognize the presence of God. That's what that scripture is saying. This is what David, King David, is saying. He recognized that it was better to be in God's presence than anywhere else. Didn't matter what my position was, I need to be in the presence of God. The last thought I want to share with you today from Joseph's story is faith. Faith, F-A-I-T-H. Joseph's life had many ups and downs. The man, Joseph, remained faithful. Every opportunity that God presented, Joseph stepped out in faith. He didn't run away from opportunities that God presented, no matter how big or small. Guess what? What did Joseph do? He stood up in God's presence. We're going to try that again. When opportunities came Joseph's way, what did Joseph do? He stood up in God's presence. When difficulties came his way and he was thrown into prison, what did Joseph do? He stood up in God's presence. When he was thrown in the pit by his brothers, what did Joseph do? He stood up in God's presence. He kept standing up. Don't let the enemy knock you down and keep you down. You stand back up in God's presence. Opportunity without faith is useless. Opportunity without faith is useless. Faith is more than just believing. Faith is choosing to act upon your beliefs. Getting in the game requires faith, the faith to believe that God will help you. It's learning to stretch your faith to the opportunity that God gives. James writes, faith without works is dead. If you don't have anything behind your faith, guess what? It's useless. It's worthless. When Pharaoh summoned Joseph to come to his court and interpret his dream, that required faith. All of a sudden, he's being called into the court, court uh, Pharaoh's court and says, hey, I need you to interpret my dream. Now, this is Pharaoh. At this point, Joseph is still a prisoner in the palace guard, and he's being called, interpret my dream. You don't think that, you know, he's probably still remembering the baker who baked the donut that didn't rise all the way up, and all of a sudden he's impaled on a pole. I'm trying to paint a picture here. Joseph comes into the situation, interpret my dream. 
What happens if he doesn't get it right? Could be his head. Could be impaled on a pole where the, flesh, where the birds eat his flesh. You want to talk about faith? It took faith for Joseph to stand in the presence of Pharaoh. It took faith. Catch this. When Joseph was asked by Pharaoh to interpret his dream, Joseph responded with these words. Catch this, because this is so important. Because this is where Joseph is standing up. He tells Pharaoh, it is beyond my power to do this. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. You see, Joseph wasn't standing in his power. He made a decision long ago when he was thrown in the pit. He made a decision long ago when he was put as a slave in Potiphar's house. He made a decision long ago when he was thrown in prison when he was falsely accused about Potiphar's wife. He made a decision long ago that he wasn't going to try to fight his own battles. He was going to stand in the presence of God. And when he got to standing in the presence of the Pharaoh, he said, no, no, you don't understand, Pharaoh. I don't have the ability to interpret these dreams. But see, I know a God who does... And he will work through me, and I will interpret the dreams for my God. He will tell you the truth about your dreams. There's times in our life where all of a sudden difficulties might come our way. We might be tested. Can I just be honest with you today? We've got a small crowd. We need to pray for some people. Man, we've got a lot of people sick with the flu. Testing, testing. Man, I was tested this week. Probably maybe the hardest week I've ever been tested in my life. One test after another test after another test after another test. And I looked back at the testing that was coming in my life. In fact, a couple last night were sharing, man, Pastor Tom, I don't know why you're not more upset. And that wasn't even a test in my life. Sheila was saying, Pastor Tom, what's, what's with you? See, what you didn't know, Sheila, I had already gone through a whole week of testing. Can I tell you something? A few years ago, I wouldn't have passed the test. Can I tell you something today? I passed the test. (laughs) Guys, it's real life. Joseph had to get through these testings of preparation so he could get to the dream that God wanted to fill through in his life. For you, what is the test that you keep failing? And God says, I need you to stand up in my presence. Because if you stand up in my presence, I'm ready to fulfill the dream that I've given you so many years ago. I'm getting excited. Why are you getting so excited? Because it's real to me. It's not just a book that I study and I get some cool thoughts out of it. It's God's word that comes alive. And it changes me from the inside out. You need to be grateful that your pastor is struggling during the week. Because as I struggle, I fight through and I stand up in God's presence. And all of a sudden, I feel God's presence. And man, there's a joy that starts to come on me. God, you're with me. You haven't abandoned me. I feel you, Lord. Woo! I don't care about the difficulties. I don't care what people might say about me. I don't care what things try to come against me. God, your presence is with me. I know you're going to do something. I know that you're going to fulfill something in my life. I feel your presence is me, God. I'm going to stand up in this place. I believe that all things are possible for those who believe in him. 
Some of you need to stand up right now. If you're believing God can do the miracles in your life, don't stand up until you feel it. But God wants us to push through. You might be having a marriage problem today and you're thinking your marriage is just destroyed. Don't give up. Stand up in his presence. I don't know the alcohol. God does. But you don't give up. You got a child, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this child is going wayward. What in the world is happening, Lord? And you start to cower in the difficulty. And God says, stand up, will you? Stand up in my presence and pass the test. Know that I am faithful, even when you're not. The attributes of God, He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. What I'm calling for us today as a church, I want to get off the bench and into the game. I want to get off the bench and in the game. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Tom, you're speaking to my heart. See, I just went through it this week. That's why I can be so excited. But I'm telling you, whatever your pastor goes through, beware. It might be coming your way. Stand up. Stand up. If you're here today and you want to get in the game, raise your hand real high. Because I have a blessing I want to pray over you. I want to, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to pray God's blessing over you. Amen? Receive it. Receive it with your heart. Lord Jesus, you see our hands raised, Lord God. I pray right now for every person with their hands raised. I pray blessings over them in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that your presence would stir inside us so great that we will never forget your goodness and your love and your grace and your mercy. We will never fit, forget the goodness that you have in our lives. I pray, God, right now, when things try to attack us, when difficulties come our way, or maybe, Lord, even when good things are happening to us, God, we will not forget you. I pray, God, that we will learn to stand in your presence and get engaged into the game. We thank you for what you're going to do. I pray over marriages right now. Restoration in Jesus' name. I pray over employment, Lord God, right now. People who are struggling in employment areas. Lord God, I pray right now, favor in Jesus' name. I pray for wayward children, Lord God, that aren't serving you. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that they will awaken in the middle of the night with your presence upon them, that they will feel you, Lord God, in a new and a fresh way like never before. And God, you will return, Lord God, that prodigal that was lost. Lord God, go after them, Lord God. We send your Holy Spirit after that person in Jesus' name. Bring him back in Jesus' name. Lord, Lord God, I pray for that person that's struggling with unforgiveness. It's real, it's difficult. God, right now, forgiveness, Lord God, comes to their life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, God. Lord, areas of our life that we might feel impossible, God, we know that all things are possible for those who believe in you. And we choose to stand in your presence today. And everyone said, God good? All the time, he is good. He is faithful. Put your trust in him. Watch what will take place in your life. I'm telling you today, I'm on a high. Pastor, you preach crazy. You preach crazy for the last two weeks. Why are you doing that? Because God is good. 
Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.